Dave Roberts. That's strike three. Dodgers have won it all in 2020. Two. And that's it. It's over. This historic 2020 NBA championship belongs to the Los Angeles Lakers. The Lakers conquer the bubble, and banner number 17 will soon hang in the rafters. They have done it. Chiefs are Super Bowl champions here in Miami. We're even on total strikes at the moment. Oh! Welcome back here to Sports Knicks on Extended Radio. Now let's talk about some uh, some football. We have our Super Bowl matchup ready, and uh, love him or hate him, there's nothing else you can say about Tom Brady. You know, um, it's his tenth Super Bowl. Here he has six rings. He's in line to get his seventh if he wins, which is more than any franchise has. Um, and uh, he beat the the other good player, great player, Aaron Rodgers. Made him look like again. It's the second time this year uh, beats Aaron Rodgers and uh, thirty-one to twenty-six this time, and he's heading to the Super Bowl, his first year in the NFC. And um, that's that's what else can you say about Tom Brady? Uh, I mean, hey, uh, the accolades are there. The um, the the resumes there. He's been um, the more one of the most purest, most dominant quarterbacks to ever play. Um, my, my argument of Joe Montana no longer exists. I mean, <laughs> I mean, Joe Montana, like, didn't go to 10 um, Super Bowls. Thank goodness he didn't go. I'm, I'm not going to go there. Um, <laughs> um, <laughs> but, um, yeah, you know, I, I have to admit, Tom Brady, he's a prick, but, and he, he he's not, he, he's a, he's a prick, but, <laughs> but he, he, he's, what can I say? He's all time. He's the greatest. Um, there no nothing else. Uh, nothing else. You know, can compare to him. We won't see this type of dominance ever again. So, yeah, he did that yesterday. Um, do, should we go over he the did. game, or do you? Do you should we go over the game, or do you want? No, you got it. You, well, I'll go over the game yeah. now, but I don't see if Phil has anything um, to say about yeah. uh, the man, uh, the master. The quarterback right now. The fact that he had his own legacy already in New England to to say, you know what? I me with my coach carried the whole New England on our backs, mm. winning them so many championships. And then on the flip side, is just say, you know what? On the move to another a quote unquote random team that wasn't even a big contender, bring a few people with me and then go to the Super Bowl mm-hmm. again should show you the greatness of that player. Yep. And I right. saw and- I saw something earlier on I saw something earlier on Facebook or I think it was Instagram that him and LeBron James are the only people in the past 20 years to go to the championships at least 10 times. And that should tell you the dominance that only two people in two different sports to our knowledge have that dominance. So I gave him all the props in the world. Good job, Tim. And, and Tom Brady is 43. Yep. 
still. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's nothing you got to consider, you know. And he's uh, he's playing like other quarterbacks. Uh, but you look at his stats also. I mean, uh, it wasn't all all Tom Brady. Also, I mean, he threw three uh, interceptions in that game. He went two eighty, three touches, and three interceptions. He pretty much have a Jameis Winston. Stat. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so uh, I mean, he he had his defense that backed him up, and he had a decent running game. Nothing too much there, but uh, again, the, the leader that he is, and he just made it. Made it work. Uh, Shaquille Barry with three sacks, and uh, over there on the other side, uh, Aaron Rodgers is the one who played much better. He had three forty-six yards, three touchdowns, and one interception. Again, but that there was no running game practically for them. And uh, not just that. I mean, if you guys saw the game, there was a lot of uh, no calls. I mean, there were a lot of people were talking about, uh, hey, that should have been a hold. Hey, this there were not that many penalties mm-hmm. when they should have been. And then the one side that there was, they it was against the Packers that set up Tom Brady again and. So, uh, yeah, that, you could say you can make that argument about that. I mean, but uh, what do you guys think about that, That you know, the whole game? Well, um, I, I've already been through the worst of the penalty no call. So I'm so I'm kind of like over it. But um, um, there were three key plays that's that helped the Buccaneers prepare, propel and screwed the Buc- and screwed the, the Packers um, for, for me. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, number one, when, um, Tom Brady, Tom Brady, um, threw that ball up close to halftime, that was a solid play by him. Not a good play by Green Bay. Not, right. not necessarily Kevin King. I don't really blame him too much, even though he was a one-on-one and he could have did something different. I didn't like that play called it defensively. It looked like they were playing cover three. They should have played prevent. They're going to go for it. You know, it's, it's like, they don't have no, much time left. So. Send your guys, send your safeties out, send your cornerbacks out there. Don't don't have him play cover cover three and and stare at the quarterback because they're clearly going to run straight. So that was one play. Um, second play, maybe probably the most crucial one when the Packers are on offense. Why are you not going for it on fourth down? Right. I, I, I'm oh. assuming that uh, he he said, "Oh, we kick a field goal, our defense can stop them." Do you really want to run that chance with Tom Brady? I don't care yep. how good your defense is. You may not get the opportunity against Tom Brady. Go for it on fourth. I, I saw a question talk about should um, Aaron Rodgers run the football. I don't know. Maybe he should have, but they should have went for it on fourth down. And um, last play was um, the, the the last play was um, um, the defensive pass interference that definitely screwed them over. That was not a, a smart play. Um, I will. I, I thought it wasn't pass interference at first, but I looked at it again. Yeah, he was clearly holding. So, um, yeah. So, uh, Matt Lafour has some explaining to do. Yeah, and I mentioned it last week when we were making our predictions. You don't bet against Tom Brady, from what I've learned. It's hard to bet against that guy. Uh, by the way, bringing up last week, uh, I think I was the only one who chose uh, the Buccaneers on that game. And yeah. what you were saying, you know, you gotta redo that, really do that against uh, Brady. You're really depending. You're hoping your your defense is gonna make the stop, and then Rogers can just. Throw it again, hell Mary that way through, you know, to to the end zone. And and I mean, this I mean, Aaron Rodgers has that talent, but I mean, again, you're talking about Brady here, and he he's probably he, his on field IQ is probably the best. And uh, but uh, so uh, shall we now move on from to the AFC? Unless Phil, you got something about that game? Nope. No. Okay. All right. 
Let's go to the AFC. I mean, this is another good one. Uh, Chiefs defeated the Buffalo Bills, and this time you guys were right on this one. Well, actually, me and me and uh, Phil was right on this one. He's the only one who chose the Chiefs. Uh, I picked the Chiefs. So none of us. Did you pick the Chiefs? Yeah, I think one of you guys did. Oh no, you picked. Yeah, you picked. You you, you picked. The, I'm sorry. Yeah, you picked the Chiefs, and Phil picked the Bills. So yeah, I just write on this one. <laughs> sorry, Phil. <laughs> Us? I'm sorry. Okay. Damn it. Yo, okay. We're good, we're good. Damn connections. Yep. You guys are good? Are, are you good? All right. All right, I think so. Let me let me see if I'm still recording. Uh okay. yeah, it's still recording. Okay. All right, let's just let's just go. Okay. I'll try to cut it. <laughs> um so yeah, this game, the Chiefs and the Bills. Uh, what we talked about earlier, uh, you know, our predictions, and Hodge is the only one who got this right. And uh, sure enough, I mean, this was two great young quarterbacks, one of them who's already done it, the other one who looks like he could still do it eventually. Um, it, lo- it looked really good for the Bills at the beginning. They were up, I believe, 9-0. And, uh, you know, the Patrick Mahomes just did his thing, and that that Chiefs team just has so much talent in it too. And um, he's going back to the Super Bowl. He's going to back to back Super Bowls, and uh, he's going to go up against. A lot of people are comparing it to, you know, if it would be Jordan versus LeBron James in the finals. But I see it more as you know Jordan and Kobe. You yeah. know, he's they're right there. You know, they're they're much closer together in the uh, time frame. Um, so. Um, so it's going to be a good one, but what do you guys think about that particular? Let's let's go over the numbers real quick. Okay. Josh Allen he threw for 287 yards, two touchdowns, and an interception. Uh, we talk about uh, Cole Beasley went 88 yards, and apparently he had a broken leg yep. doing all that. Uh, Stephon Diggs went for 77 yards. So I mean the the offense was you know was okay there you know and and let's talk about the Chiefs. Patrick Mahomes with 325 yards, three touchdowns. Um, and so for, you know, Travis Kelsey, 118 yards, two touchdown receptions. So uh, what do you guys think about that game? Um, it, was, it was a good game overall. Um, um, as far as the AFC goes, the Chiefs are the standard. Anytime you have Patrick Mahomes on the field, he's going to work his magic. Um, he has a lot of great talent around him. Travis Kelsey, Tyreek Hill, who is just rid- ridiculous with his speed. And um, the Chiefs' defense just made the right plays at the right time. They got they got through. They they got the sacks that they needed, and um, they made the key plays. Um, yeah, um, Buffalo, y'all had a good season. Hats off to you. But um, right now, this is um, the Chiefs' time, and uh, we'll see what happens next Sunday. Not this Sunday, but next Sunday. I said next Sunday, right? Yeah. All right. Yeah. <laughs> and let's talk also about. I forgot to mention that this is the first – the Buccaneers are the first team that are going to host the Super Bowl in their home stadium. Yep. And that is – I mean, can you imagine if it was going to be a full, you know, crowd and it's just a whole bunch of Bucs fans oh, yeah. there. And that would be crazy. And you have crazy. some Chiefs oh, yeah. fans. Yeah. And it would have been – yeah, it would have been. No. But, again, that's that's gold stuff right there for Tom Brady. He probably he, – obviously he knew that and he's like, oh, I'm going to – I've been to Super Bowl, you know, nine times, but I have not hosted one of them. <laughs> Let's do that, right, Hodge? No, I I could imagine like if it, all the Bucks fans going crazy and there's a, a small crowd of Chiefs fans just like going, 
Just like that little crowd. Yeah. Um, can we just take a second to appreciate the current legacy that we're watching with Patrick Mahomes? Oh yeah, of course. Okay. He is only oh, yeah, twenty-five yeah. years old at the moment. Yeah. He is pretty much the face of the team right now, carrying the team to their second year straight in the Super Bowl. Yep. Yep. yep and yep. I feel like isn't he still one of the highest signed contracts recently? Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah he recently done that. Five hundred million dollar contract. And the That's fact crazy. that at twenty five years old, him having that contract, people are still saying, Oh, he's too young for that. He hasn't proved himself yet. And yet he should send them mm-hmm. up carrying his team to the second Super Bowl. I'm not I'm indifferent about him. I'm not a fan, but I'm not a hater of him. But I'm just mm-hmm. saying that mm-hmm. from a third person view or from a distant viewer's point of view. I say people should get some props. People shouldn't complain. Maybe exactly. it's uh, it's just hot take, but maybe it's just the racial aspect of having a at least partial black man as a quarterback and carrying the team to the Super Bowl when people usually have their bad connotations and bad taste in their mouth. Seeing a young black man carrying a Obviously, Super Bowl Cowboy team. People should be happy with it. Mm-hmm. People should be cheering him on. Yeah. Yeah. Bam, bam. Yeah, it's a good point. It's a good, <laughs> a good point. Give it to him, Uncle Phil. Give it to him. <laughs> That's why you are. And, and another, I mean, he's a smart guy, too. The first thing he did when he got that money, he bought a, a part of a baseball team. He invested that money right away. He didn't just like, oh, let me just buy a whole bunch of houses and whatnot. I mean, even though it's also good investment, but I mean, he did, he, he's doing things with that money. And not just that, he's also doing all these commercials for State Farm and all that and mm-hmm. and with Head and Shoulders. Yep. So, uh, smart guy, smart guy right there, Hodge. And one more thing, like the, his, his play on the field is so ridiculous. I've never seen any quarterback do what he's done. He's practically changing the game. Kind of like um, how Stephen Curry changed the game, how people are just now trying to shoot three-pointers from outside of the half court. So, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. so it's, yeah. yeah, props to him. Yeah. Uh, so uh, we'll talk more about the Super Bowl and our predictions next week. Obviously, we got a week uh, to prepare for them, to really think about it. Um, but uh, this weekend is the traditionally uh, supposed to be the Pro Bowl this year. Uh, I'm a, I myself am a little bit confused about how it's going to go down. I, I believe uh, Mr. Hodge has a better understanding of what's going to happen. So if you want to go ahead, Hodge, talk about this. All right, yeah, so there's several things going on um, that's going to happen uh, this uh, week during the Pro Bowl. So, um, so um, because of the current pandemic, um, they have to make ways to do things. So, so um, for the actual Pro Bowl day, which is January 31st, there's going to be a Madden tournament for the players. They're going to play their respective um, divisions and they're going to play from NF- uh, AFC and NFC and they're going to pretty much um, uh, play each other with that. And they're going to also be recognized and take interviews of um, what's going of um, 
how their year has been and how they've dominated um, throughout the year. And um, so we have the Madden tournament and also one that's been really, really unique, which we're going to go straight into. The NFL has also partnered with Versus. Uh, the, they're going to have a they're going to have the first ever sports versus um, um, uh, partnership. And, um, and for those who, uh, who aren't familiar with versus, first of all, you're living under a rock and you don't know. And first, of all, <laughs> first of all, it's the best thing that's ever happened to 2020, hands down. Um, yep. it's pretty, much, um, pretty much versus is a musical uh, type of thing where they bring two artists and um, it's not necessarily competing against who has the best track, but more of a music celebration. They bring in the favorite artists and they and they um, um, celebrate and they take turns on playing each other's music. Um, I, we're not going to get into like our favorite ones because it's a sports show. But um, what's going to okay. happen with the NFL and the versus is um, each uh, each player from the Pro Bowl is going to share their highlights against one another. And the fans are going to decide who had the better highlights for that season. So um Oh. I, I'm, I'm loving what Versus is doing there. It, to think that Versus went from something that came out of boredom over the pandemic to now this cultural phenomenon already connected with sports and the sky's the limit for them. Wow. Okay. Yeah, that's going to be, you know, it's funny to see all the, every company or everything doing creative things in this pandemic. That's the only good thing I, about this pandemic at the moment that, you know, it, it extends people's creativity of getting business done. Yep. Even, even in sports. Yep. So, um, that's awesome, man. Uh, all right. Well, I mean, it's going to be this Sunday, right? Yeah. The, the actual Pro Bowl will be this Sunday. I believe the versus thing is going to happen, um, this week. It's going to happen all throughout the week. I'm thinking within the next three days, they're going to, um, Show highlight, okay. invite players and show their highlights for their bet for who had the better highlights this season. So. Okay. And uh, as far as the roster, we're going to go quickly over it. Uh, just some quick highlights. Uh, the AFC quarterbacks are both in it Mahomes and Josh Allen. Obviously, Mahomes will play because he's in the Super Bowl. Um, Deshaun Watson's another guy who uh, interesting things are happening to him. Uh, Derrick Henry, uh, Nick Chubb, all and Josh Jacobs of the Raiders are in it. Uh, any, any uh, of that's so far the AFC, you know, the rest are pretty okay. <laughs> the NFC, we have uh, Aaron Rodgers, Russell Wilson, Kyler Murray, making the Pro Bowl, Dalvin Cook, and Dalvin Kamara, Aaron Jones. So, uh, as far as, uh, again, you and ha- uh, me and Hodge are Rams fans, so uh, the only ones in Rams are Aaron Donald and uh, I believe is uh, who was the other one? Jalen Ramsey. Jalen uh, Ramsey. Jalen Ramsey. Yeah. yeah. So any surprises yeah, from you from this roster? Oh, go ahead. Any surprises from this roster? I'm sorry. Oh, you asked me. Uh, <laughs> I had a brain fart. Yeah. Oh. Um, yeah. Uh, I mean, not really. Or anything my... that should be there shouldn't. As far as who should have been there, like that's always a tough question because everyone has their player on the team saying this person got snubbed, that person got snubbed. The Pro Bowl is a popularity contest anyway. So unless you know yeah. them, then it's going to be kind of hard to say who's there, who's not. So no, not sure um, who should have been there, but I think they got it right this time. Um, I believe Jalen okay. Ramsey is going to be on the versus um, uh, battle too um, this week. Oh, 
Okay. All right. That's cool. Um, get teams right there. All you know, they're supposed to be the best players in the NFL at least for that season. Mm-hmm. So, um, but uh, moving on to the more Super Bowl news. Kansas City Chiefs defensive tackle Eric Fisher is injured. He has a what book is uh, his uh, Achilles. He's tore his Achilles, and will miss the Super Bowl. So that's that's all bad. He he tore it during the game, uh, the AFC Championship, and uh, he's been in that team for a while. I think he was one of their first round picks or something. Yeah, I, I want to say he was the number one overall pick. Oh wow, for an offensive yeah. tackle to be a number one overall, wow, it's, it's so. Uh, it's bad, but he was playing last year, and uh, he's, his team is going to hope to bring one home for him. Uh, you uh, Let us talk about another offseason thing that happens in the draft. Obviously, this year is always going to be different. Uh, I think Hodge also know, has better uh, explanation about uh, this year's draft uh, rules uh, as far as regarding uh, draft eligible players. Oh, yeah. So um... – so the NFL is really not allowing too much. They're being really restrictive due to the pandemic. Um, all teams are prohibited from timing, testing, interviewing in person, or giving medical exams of any draft prospect outside of the schools of, of the players' pro day uh, or any All Star game um, during this pandemic. And pretty much, uh, and, and they've also explained that uh, uh, prospects are not allowed in any team facility even if the team invites them, even if they decide oh, I'm going to go, uh, they are not going to allow anybody uh, to visit a- any team facilities during this time. And the, the memo also uh, details um, a widely banned on private workouts, for, uh, facility visits, dinner and film sessions with the prospect. So uh, they're, they're pretty much um, continuing to um, crack down on any, um, uh, on any uh, type of uh, in-person contact um, to, to um, uh, keep the spread from going on. And we have way too many cases, so it's a good idea. <laughs> and, and considering how, you know, that the NFL has done a good job, you know, they've really, I don't think they canceled a game. And um, they, uh, they, they're they a little bit smarter about, uh, you know, if you your player, if you don't have enough players, then you could go sign someone from the practice squad and have them play for you. Uh, which is something a lot of people are saying maybe NBA should do. They don't have necessarily a practice squad, but they have a, a G League oh. uh, and, and things about uh, expanding rosters and stuff like that. Yeah. So, um, but the NFL has done well. I mean, you could barely tell, you know, like you, you see it on the field because they're wearing masks and everything. Like, you can barely tell, you know, from just looking at the games that they're, they're in the pandemic. Of course, again, just ignore the crowds and, you know, the face masks. And, you know, there's no pandemic going on in the NFL. Yep. Exactly. Um, but uh, yeah, but uh, to move on. Um, so the Lions, they have a new head coach, and it looks like they're uh, they're not gonna have uh, they're gonna have a new quarterback. I guess they're getting their party ways with Matthew Stafford, their um, their quarterback for years, and about uh, that time they haven't produced too many uh, playoff wins, playoff appearances for that matter. Oh, but then again, I mean, you're you're in a you're in a division against you know Aaron Rodgers and stuff, so you know you're not gonna get too much of that. Yeah, yeah, and you're the Lions uh, too. But, so. uh, yeah, yeah, you're the Lions. Um, <laughs> wasted a uh, Calvin Johnson and stuff. Um, but uh, we're gonna and, take and a Sanders. quick break. Yeah, yeah. 
we're going to take a quick break right now, and uh, we'll be right back. All right, I'm back at it. Uh, again, we're still talking about the NFL. We're not done yet. There's a lot, like we said, there's a lot to talk about in the NFL. Uh, but to move on, uh, former Raiders CEO Amy Chas on uh, lack of minority and, hire, and head coach hire. It's up to each owner to do the right thing. So, uh, Hodge, I think you want to take this one and talk more about oh. this. Oh, yes. Um, so everybody knows that um, that the NFL is trying to push diversity and they've had this Rooney rule out for the longest and it's and um, hasn't really produced too much. So so um, the so the Raiders um, CEO really is is trying to push that narrative and try to push for diversity. Uh, sorry about that. Uh, no worries. Uh, you guys didn't hear that, right? What's that? Uh, you didn't hear that. Um, you didn't hear the audio in the background, right? No, no. no. Okay, cool. We're gonna edit. I'll this ignore out. it. I'll ignore it. <laughs> We're gonna edit this out anyway. Yeah. Um, CEO yeah, <laughs> Amy Trax says, uh, "I'm through that of some of what we have been seen and disappointed with some of what we've seen." Um, I don't think it should take rules to uh, compel people to do the right thing, but th these rules are in place and only one can hope that these teams continue to do the right thing without being compelled to do so. So it's, she's pretty much pushing for that diversity and pushing to get more um, uh, African-American. So uh, Conor McGregor gets Cato in uh, the second round, right? Uh, I want to I talk – I want to – just mm -hmm. real quick. Uh, I don't know if people that, you know, ended up buying the pay-per-view and stuff. Uh, I ended up buying it because, I mean, I was, you know what, I, I, I'm just going to do it. Why not? So I bought the pay-per-view through ESPN Plus, and a lot of people, I thought it was just me, but it, it, there was a lot of technical difficulties uh, in the beginning. Uh, people weren't able to watch it. I thought it was just me, but I scrolled over, you know, UFC's Instagram page because uh, they, were, they were still, uh, I thought it was just going to, well, first of me, I thought it was just, you know, everybody, like like I said. And then, so I just thought UFC is going to, oh, stop the show right now. Nobody can see the pay-per-view. Uh, at least that's what I thought. And, oh, they continue going. So I was seeing them and then they posted stuff. And then I was like, damn, but I can't watch. I can't. I was getting obviously upset. I paid for it. And I want to watch the whole card. But it didn't work too much. And then, obviously, I was getting irritated and everything. But um, eventually, after uh, during the third fight, I believe, is when uh, – it got back on, and um, so I was like, okay, at least I'm gonna get to watch the main event, which is the majority part. I mean, that's the main reason why people buy it to watch the main fight, uh, which is McGregor and Poirier. But uh, yeah, uh, McGregor, um, what what happened there, Phil? What do you think happened there? I mean, you are so just, happy. Yeah, well, <laughs> yeah. Well, I just I think I think what it looked like to me uh, at first it was that. Uh, Connor probably looked a little bit more cocky. Like, uh, he was just – he took those punches like, oh, you know, like, oh, those are not going to hurt me. Those are not going to hurt me. And then that round where uh, Poirier just started pouring on him. And uh, it looked like he, probably after the second jab is what got McGregor. He did his best poker phase, and then he's like, oh, crap, I'm in trouble. But, you know, that's why he was backing up and stuff. And, yeah, he, he went to sleep. Yeah, that's kind of what you – know? 
McGregor kind of, I want to say that's what he gets, even though I am going to say it because I'm a McGregor hater. <laughs> but the thing yeah. is with Poirier, I do agree the first fight they had, he was kind of nervous. I kind of feel like with this fight, even though it was pretty competitive, the first round, I do say that McGregor is one of the better strikers, especially in the latter weights. But the fact that mm-hmm. he, stays, he did start getting a little bit too comfortable and cocky, and the fact that Poirier was able to like jab him up a little bit and then land a few good shots, it was just so perfect to see McGregor get knocked out. And it's just ironic too because this is the first time in history in the UFC that he did get knocked out mm-hmm. so I guess he let oh, yeah. karma karma in his past kind of get kind of bite him in the butt uh-huh. and it's funny because also people are taunting uh, McGregor's loss even even Floyd Mayweather putting his two cents saying oh this shows your true self. It shows that you're fake. You're a fake fighter, and you shouldn't be talking mm-hmm. so much crap when you fight. It's just so, it was just so gratifying to see. Even though he was respectful this fight, I do give him that he was respectful. I was happy that he was more uh-huh. humble ish during the during the post fight and the pre or the pre and post fight. So good for him. Must happy that he. One and I have to give a shout out to the Coleman event too. It was a good fight. It was mm-hmm. Michael Chandler was Michael Chandler's first fight in the UFC, and it was against Dan Hooker. Dan Hooker is no slouch. He has fought some of the better fighters too in the UFC. So props to both of them. But the fact that Michael Chandler did come from Bellator, he was the face of Bellator of some sorts, and the fact that he knocked out Dan Hooker in the first round. In his first, mm-hmm. in his first fight in the UFC, should kind of say, "Hey, maybe Bellator is one B in the com- in the competitive state, and they are world class." So I'm kind of excited to see what Michael Chandler does in the future, even though he is a little bit on the older side. But I'm excited to see him. Props to him for winning his first fight. Okay, Hodge. Yeah. No. Correct me if I'm wrong. Does McGregor lose like the majority of his fights for uh, just solely on being too cocky? Um. Yeah. Yeah. I think. <laughs> question. More, this fight was more on cockiness and my point of view, but I feel like his other fights is more that he gets tired as time goes on. Like for example, the first he did. Nate Diaz. Huh? Go ahead. Yeah. Go ahead. No, go ahead. And his uh, first. He did fight... say he was gonna knock out Port. <laughs> hey, go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Right. He did say that he was gonna knock out a, a Poirier the first round. So there's that. <laughs> yeah, he does. And the thing is, he's really right. He usually says when he does make predictions like that, he is correct. But I do say it's mm-hmm. more, it's not necessarily cocky since he does back it up sometimes. I do from that. But I do feel like it's more of a gas tank type thing. Gotcha. 
the mm-hmm. like first fight yeah. against Nate Diaz. He just gave up and tried to take him down, even though he knows Nate Diaz is a grappler and he let Nate Diaz choke him out because he's just too tired against Khabib. Mm-hmm. Uh, I do say McGregor did win the first round, even though Khabib never loses a round. But as the time goes, as time went on, and Khabib did start trying to take him down more often, he noticed that McGregor was like getting all his breathing uh, harder and harder. So I was like, okay, I got this. And he loses. Because mm-hmm. yeah. either, either McGregor wins fast, locks him out fast, or it's a loss, sadly. Right. Not sadly, but sadly. Yeah, and now that uh, uh, I mean, you talked about the Cole headliner. It was also, I believe, a lightweight fight uh, between uh, uh, Michael Chandler and Dan Hooker, and that leaves yes. uh, that leaves a lot a lot of things to wonder about the lightweight division now that uh, this next story that Khabib it gives another clear indication he's retired forever and won't fight again in the UFC. So it's going to be a vacated title, I'm pretty sure, um, and. Uh, so uh, we saw obviously Poirier was uh, the winner of the main event, and um, Michael Chandler went the winner in the co-main event. He's still fairly new to the UFC, even though he's he's been a, a big name for for a while in MMA. So uh, what what is Phil? What do you think is next for the lightweight, or what do you see your uh, the next championship fight to be? Or is there any other steps? Like, is there going to be other fights in order to get to that fight, or should we just say? Hey, Poirier, you won. You get the chance to fight, uh, I don't know, who else? Uh, personally, I feel like it should be uh, – since it is official that it is a vacated belt or it's going to be a vacated belt, I will say that it should be Poirier versus to be determined if they want to give it to mm-hmm. Chandler since he was the Bellator like. Wait, champ, uh, if they want to do that, sure. But I feel like for sure, mm-hmm. Poirier should be in line since he did beat technically someone who was a number two to four contender. I just or bet Oliveira's ranked number three. Hmm. Or even if they want to say, hey, even though Max Holloway is, could you both featherweight and lightweight? Since he dominated his last fight, they could say, hey, Max Holloway, he could be put in the championship fight. That would be interesting. I would like to see that. Yeah, uh, but uh, like I said, uh, Oliveira is uh, uh, currently right number three, too, and he he dominated Ferguson his last time. Yeah, He nearly broke his arm. He nearly broke his arm. And so uh, he should – I think he should be – his name has been thrown around for a, a title shot too. Um, it, but like you said, you know, who knows if they're going to add like another step before we get the championship fight. Uh, but the way we both agree is that Poirier should get to be in that fight. For sure. Hands down, he should be at least uh, top. Yeah. Uh, but uh, some more trash talking has been happening, of course, by one of the best trash talkers, uh, Nate Diaz. <laughs> He's already calling out Poirier. I'm trying to whoop your ass next. Be be about it. Don't talk about it. Uh-oh. So, uh, I mean, Them he wants to throw himself in there. But uh, 
Yeah, that sounds like fighting words. Uh, yeah, the let, for, literal, for years, like, literal hey, fighting words. <laughs> yeah. yeah right. Literally. <laughs> so, uh, which, so there's another one that we could look at. I mean, we talk about Poirier should just get right away a championship fight, but then you got you throw in Nate Diaz, who's or he throws himself in there. <laughs> He's all like, "Hey, you know, I want to get him fight this guy." So what's up? Because uh, you know they still McGregor's still looking at another fight with Nate Diaz, or people still considering that he still wants to fight uh, the trilogy against Poirier. So uh, there's just so much you could do right now in the lightweight division. As much as I love the Diaz brothers. I kind of feel like he has been out too long. But like you said, there is a lot to do in the lightweight division. So if they did want to do a McGregor versus Diaz trilogy, and have that be like a number one contender or a top contender fight, then sure. But there is kind of like a storyline with Poirier and Diaz. Because I know back in 2018, they were supposed to fight at one point. I'm not sure if they did. I will get back to you on that one. But I remember it kept mm-hmm. getting canceled because somebody didn't wake weight or the UFC made another fight for them. That was around the same time. I think it was the second fight that McGregor and Diaz did. So mm-hmm. it was like something always came in the way for them to not make the mm-hmm. fight. But mm-hmm. there's some sort of storyline that they could do to make that fight go on, which would be... Okay. Fun. I want okay. to be opposed to it. Okay. Uh, and it seems that uh, the matchmakers in UFC have been really busy. I mean, you look at their uh, March, uh, their March uh, cards. Uh, they have that that March cards are stacked. Uh, with uh, we'll have uh, I guess in March twenty seventh there's going to be Stipe Miocic and Francis Ngannou. But now is that they say that right? Ngannou. Okay, yeah. It's going to be a rematch, and it's going to be for the heavyweight championship. Uh, Miocic's first fight after defeating Cormier uh, in, a trilogy, in that trilogy. And the corner main event is going to be for the UFC featherweight championship, Alexander Volkanovsky against Brian Ortega. So uh, it's going to be, that's going to be a great card already. Uh, what do you think about these two fights, Phil? Um, I'm mainly excited for the heavyweight fight because... The last time they both fought, Nganu and Milchik fought was back in 2018, which mm-hmm. Milchik like dominated the fight. It was a decision, so it did go all the way. But fight wise, he was pretty much able to strike with the striker, and mm-hmm. Milchik does have a wrestling background in the way, so he mm-hmm. was able to just grind and grind Francis out like good but Mm -hmm. within that two years Francis has been pretty much killing everybody knocking out people like Overeem like Overeem doesn't he has a good pretty good chin he has been getting knocked out easily but he's been or Francis has knocked him out and I feel like he is one of the best improved fighters within the past two three years so I feel like this fight mm-hmm. would be more would be more competitive. And I do feel like this fight will end up in a knockout. Not calling oh, okay. who not calling who will win. I am going for Francis. Mm-hmm. But you still got to march. Yeah. Yeah, but it's gonna be a crazy fight. It's gonna be a crazy fight. 
I'm excited. All right. And uh, the co-main event, uh, Volkanovski and Ortega. How about that one? Ortega came off a pretty good uh, uh, showing his last time out. I'm kind of nervous because I remember his first time around, like, before his last fight, he was kind of having a lot of issues, like, getting, like, serious and putting his head in the game. I've been listening to, mm-hmm. to like, a lot of podcasts, like, um, Below the Belt with a former UFC fighter, Brendan mm-hmm. Schaub. His mm-hmm. head wasn't in the game, so I feel like maybe he's not really too... If it's him in the past, I feel like Ortega is not going to be able to go against like a Volkanovski, but it will be a good it will be a good fight. It will be a good fight if it happens. If it happens, yeah. And before we continue, um, BJ Penn, UFC legend, Hall of Famer, Mm -hmm. was Mm -hmm. sadly arrested last Saturday in his home state of Hawaii for a DUI. Oh. And I kind of felt, oh, man. I felt bad for him because that's the reason why him and the UFC is kind of mopping heads. And mm-hmm. then why I did give him a lot of chances, he did say, oh yeah, even though you've been losing like a bunch of your recent fights, let me give you another fight because you have a big name and we could build off of you. But back in 2019, Dana White was just like, you know what? Let me take your name off our roster because you're something antics, you fighting at bars, you getting arrested, fighting, getting fights in street fights, so it's getting too bad. And of course, this happens again. There's not much mm-hmm. update on if he's still in jail or what's going to happen or not. But yeah, just on Saturday, he was arrested mm-hmm. back in his home state. Sadly, oh, oh. switch him luck. Oh, man. Switch him luck. I don't. Yeah, and I, I don't think there's a fight card or fight night this this weekend or this week at all. I think uh, there the, was one, but it was I hear it was scrapped. Yeah, I think the next fight is actually Overeem and Volkov in February. Yeah, the right? first week of February, I believe. Right, which would be a good fight too. Okay. Yeah, yeah, Overeem did pretty well his last fight. Uh, I can't remember who he fought, but I remember I did see him. He had. A, Good showing his last time up for his age, you know, that's still a good showing. Mm. Um, but moving on, uh, let's talk some baseball now. There's not so much in baseball going on. I mean, we're still in the offseason, you know, there's still, even though there's a lot of great free agents available, there's not, um, you know, it's just they get signed here, they get signed there. But uh, maybe the big thing that did happen, uh, is Hall of Famer and one of the greatest of all time hitters, uh, Hank Aaron passed away on the 22nd in his home in uh, Atlanta, Georgia. He died at the age of 86. This man uh, had a career batting average of 305, had 3,771 career hits. He is, uh, well, I would still call him the home run king, you know, whatever you want to say about Barry Bonds and his way of getting there. But Hank Aaron was legit, uh, 755 career home runs, 2,297 Batting average. Uh, he is a 25 time All Star, the mm. World Series champion yeah. back in 1957, and uh, and 1957 National League MVP. Uh, so uh, he's a number 44 retired by the Braves and the Brewers. He's a Braves Hall of Famer, and uh, this man just did it all offensively. And 
and baseball and uh may rest in peace and man we're di- we've been losing a lot of baseball uh, people throughout the last couple weeks yeah or at least this year so uh baseball is really taking a toll you know right now and some of their legends yeah yeah so, Def- definitely an icon uh, in this league um rest in peace to hank aaron very influ- influential yeah he as well. started yeah, he started in the Negro Leagues, and then he went where he went after that to the Major League Baseball right. uh, and just completely took off. Um, I mean, I hear he was playing for $10 a, a game when he started. Mm. And uh, mm. so, uh, you know, may he rest in peace. Uh, this one that I'm, I'm also sad about, you know, it's uh, it had uh, – so I guess some people will know why, but my nickname at home is Kike. <laughs> and there's a Dodger player for the last few years uh, named Kike. So every time he would do something, something great, you know, I would go Kike. And then, you know, <laughs> that was that'll be that'd be great. Uh, but he's departing the Dodgers to join the Boston Red Sox. Mm. Uh, he was a free agent. It seems the Dodgers weren't much after him. I feel like for a utility player, he's he he's going to get paid in Boston. I don't think the Dodgers were willing to pay that. So, uh, but, you know, I wish him luck. I mean, he's, he, he deserves it. I mean, he's obviously coming off that money because he just won the World Series with us. And he has, as an utility player, he's done his job really well. Mm-hmm. I just think $7 million a year is a little bit too much for one of those players. Mm-hmm. And uh, Boston needs someone like that. And, uh, again, I wish him luck in Boston. He was, a, he, was a, he was a character. He's one of those characters that, you know, he just is always in a dugout and he's always doing something crazy, you know, mm-hmm. dancing around and, Disciting the fool, but you know he he was he was fun. So uh, all right, you, well, good luck in Boston. <laughs> huh? Love you, Geeky. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, 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 Yankees acquired pitcher James Tyone from Pittsburgh Pirates for four prospects. So this is the Yankees trying to find a way to get back in it. You know, they, they were there in the ALCS last year and they couldn't do too much. And on top of that, they had to give up one of their relievers to, you know, cut up some other budget. You know, we have too much money. I mean, even though it's the Yankees, you have money, but uh, you don't want to get into that much trouble. They traded Adam Oravino to Boston, their rivals, Boston. And it's the first time the Yankees and the Red Sox made a trade since 2014 when they traded Stephen Drew to New York and exchange for Kelly Johnson. And uh, that'll be it for now in baseball. We're just waiting right now uh, to to the uh, spring training. Catchers, uh, pitchers usually report on February, so uh, can't wait. And then we got to re- defend our championship. <laughs> yeah. And uh, any more? Any last notes, uh, guys? Um, I it was a good weekend of sports. Um, just keep it going. Is it- NFL obviously is going to slow down because of Pro Bowl, especially this year's Pro Bowl, but should be a good another good weekend. Um, I do want to say um, a rest in peace to Kobe Bryant and Gianna Bryant. Um, everybody show respect. Um, uh, pay your tributes, pay your respects. Um, be very sensitive for Vanessa Bryant. She's still going through it. And everybody just, just like, let's come together. Let's love each other and appreciate life every day. And enjoy sports and keep the trash talking to sports. Yeah, yeah.
<laughs> Bad timing again. Yeah. Okay. I'm sorry, Phil. Go ahead. Oh, no, nothing. Nothing. <laughs> okay. I was laughing at you. Oh, okay. All right. Uh, <laughs> with that being said, again, uh, enjoy the Pro Bowl if you can. And uh, we'll see you next week and prepare for the Super Bowl weekend. Yes, sir. Should be exciting. All right. Bye-bye.